Hey, folks, I know there are lots of business owners who listen to this show. Maybe some of you never planned on running a business, but now here you are. One thing you've always got to keep in mind is how much you're spending on your operating costs. That's one of the first things we had to keep in mind with WTF. And with things costing more today than they did when we started, you want to keep your expenses down. To reduce costs and headaches, be smart and use NetSuite by Oracle, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. Reduce IT costs, cut the costs of maintaining multiple systems, improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash WTF for more. That's netsuite, N-E-T-S-U-I-T-E dot com slash WTF. All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fucking ears? What the fuck sticks? What's happening? I'm Mark Marin. This is my podcast. Clearly, I'm not at home. Uh, you can probably hear the difference, I would imagine. Are you okay? It's Memorial Day. I hope you're taking it easy. Maybe uh, say a prayer, have a few memories, uh, You know, pay a little respect to the people that do the service, uh, dedicated their lives to this country, eat some good food, don't get into political arguments with family members. Don't uh, burn the burgers or fuck up the ribs or, or, or overcook the salmon. Look, if, uh, if you're trying to grill onions on that thing and they fall into the coals, just let it burn out. Don't freak out. Don't lose your shit at the grill. All right? That's all I'm saying because, as you know and as I know, if you're losing your shit at the grill, it's probably about something else. Oh, by the way, uh, Timothy Oliphant is on the show today. Uh, you know him from Deadwood, Justified. But he came over, and yeah, he was wearing a hat. You know, sometimes you wonder about these uh, these stars of things where they wear hats. Does he wear a hat all the time? He did wear a hat when he came over. So why am I doing this right now? Why am I sitting upstairs in a room at uh, Comedy on State in Madison, Wisconsin, in a sort of panic in between shows, recording my podcast? I'll tell you why. Here's the deal. Here's how this works. I would have brought my equipment, but I didn't want to bring my equipment because I was going to be back yesterday on Sunday, but the only direct flight flies out of Madison at like 3.20 in the afternoon. Too many things in between me in Madison and me sitting at the mics in uh, Los Angeles, and I panicked, even though Brendan was like, it'll be fine, you know, I'll be up, and I'm like, I don't know, man. It's one plane, one shot at getting out. What if I don't get out? Then I'm going to have to scramble and find somebody with equipment, go to a radio station, you know, and stay here an extra night. That, you know, it was just, this is the problem with my imagination, folks, It's and it's an ongoing issue, all right? Like, why can't I just think of good things? Why does it always be so thoroughly specific when I'm filled with dread and panic? Why? But that being said, I've been here in, uh, in Madison for a few days. Uh, the shows have been amazing. This is by far one of the best comedy clubs in the country. Uh, Dina Hashem opened for me. She was amazing. She flew in from New York. And today, it's Saturday. Uh, that I'm recording this. I just got done uh, doing uh, an episode, today's episode, if you want to go go find it. It was pretty funny. Doug loves, uh, Doug loves movies. 
Doug Benson show. I get this this DM on Twitter from Benson. Hey, I'm going to be in Madison doing my show at 4:30 in the afternoon on Saturday. Do you want to do it? Like he must know, like he must know when he's going to places where he's got people that can do the show. What how am I going to turn the guy down? What am I going to say? I'm busy at 4:30 in the afternoon on Saturday in Madison. I'm just that's a bad time for me. Fucking of course. Of course I'm going to do the show. And it was fun. It was funny. And uh I'm no good at those games, but we did the show. And it's been good here, man. It's good. It's been good in Madison. It's it's a weird thing to be in towns, you know, where I, I, I've had a, a little bit more free space in my mind lately. I'm reading this amazing book that's uh, making, uh, blowing my mind. I finished Fantasyland, and now I'm reading uh, an advanced press copy of it. It came from something awful, which is basically the entire history of the 4chan phenomenon that, that helped uh, sort of propagate and spread the uh, propaganda that uh, that uh, that propelled Trump into office. It's 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 basically the history of the army of unfuckable hate nerds, and uh, I didn't know so much of that shit. There's so much we don't know as grown people, <laughs> you know, in this culture we live in. Like I I don't you know I'm not. It's not that I'm not proficient. It's just it's not my second nature to be up to speed on. I didn't even know what all those chans were. Two chan, four chan, eight chan. Didn't know it came from Japan. Didn't know the the sort of the unfolding of that uh, the Chan universe. This is this isn't even Reddit, which I kind of know, but I don't spend any time on. But just the the sort of nihilistic, dark hive mind of the uh, of the Chans. I, I had no idea about it. And oddly, as frightening as it is, it made me feel better to at least have a handle on uh, you know what the fuck happened, what's going to continue happening, and where the conversation goes. So. It's enlightening. It's not out yet, but uh, I'll let you know when it comes out because those two books together, Fantasyland and It it Came From Something Awful, are uh, great companions if you want to just blow your mind with uh, dark but honest factual reporting that uh, not a lot of hope there, but at least understanding. And uh, sometimes that's the best you can hope for is a bit of understanding. So I'm reading this book. I'm reading this book about the army of unfuckable hate nerds and it's really, you know, and I've been a little hard on the nerds and like, I'm no jock dude. I'm just an old dude. Yeah, I guess I'm a little snotty sometimes and I've been a little snotty to the nerds, you know, in relation to entertainment product, you know, in relation to uh, Marvel movies and Game of Thrones. I've been a little snotty though I am reframing that in a little more diplomatic way. But, you know, I do know that maybe there's a crossover, obviously, between some of the nihilistic hate nerd army and the uh, fantasy people. But this book is really about that lifestyle of of because of the Internet that you can kind of, you know, some of this, there's a generation of young people who were literally brought up by the Internet, brought up by each other and whatever influences and and sort of uh, horrible momentums occur on these chat boards or in these platforms and you know some of them are 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 severely broken lonely angry lost people but they're not all bad and i don't want to come off as a guy who's punching down or a bully and like i think about it but like i still have to separate in my mind like i'm allowed to be culturally critical of things but do i have to sort of generalize about the people that that watch them, and I think you can do that, but how is that not different than than stereotyping to a certain degree so i so it's a delicate balance that I'm aware of, 
and you know this stuff sort of haunts me a little bit sometimes and and just by some karmic coincidence at the hotel i'm staying at in madison there's this i guess it's a yearly thing i didn't know anything about it and it's called wiscon and it's uh, women in science fiction i think is what it stands for but it's obviously uh, you know it's open to everybody but these are you know primarily like a lot of them there must have been a couple hundred you know people who are involved in science fiction and fantasy and this is their little conference and you know the 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 place was full of these they're 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 sort of oddly special gifted people they you know like i you, there is a way to characterize nerd culture there is a whole sort of massive bunch of communities of nerds who are going at it out there in the uh, on on the on the internet in the chans on the tumblers all the stuff i don't really know about but it's huge and a lot of it has to do with living in fantasy and they pull out sometimes they pull out to hang out in person and talk to each other and i guess share stories have conferences share art and just share their humanity and i just never really this is i guess a fault of my own really thought about the women and there are a lot of them and there were a lot of them were at my hotel and it was just a it was just wild a diverse sort of community of all kinds of people all shapes sizes genders hairs you know ages i mean but they were all specifically on the fantasy spectrum i will say that fantasy spectrum not the spectrum spectrum though there's probably an argument to be made but i just it was just fascinating and being around them all made me giddy it was sort of elevating somehow there's an energy to it that i just i just rarely experience and uh it was very uh, humanizing and and very um i was happy for them and uh and it made me giddy so so power to you folks <laughs> to you fantasy people primarily for getting out and engaging with each other in 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 this sphere that's that's all i'll say that's all i'll say i don't want to mock it because i found it incredibly um uh endearing and, and amazing and i had nothing to do with it and i just uh, kept my head down and I just uh, sort of sucked up some of that energy because it's intense, man. So, okay, anyway, uh, Timothy Oliphant is here, and we had a nice conversation. He's a very nice guy, and I hope this sounds okay. So this is, uh, well, I hope what I'm doing right now sounds okay because in, in my headset it's not great. But uh, right now this is me and Timothy Oliphant. He's in Deadwood, the movie, premiering this Friday, May 31st on HBO. He's a very nice guy. Enjoy. Sometimes I wish I paid more attention in school, or in some cases, any attention at all. There are probably a lot of things I could have gotten more out of, like literature. And now it's probably not in the cards to go back to school and study the classics. But luckily for us, there's a new podcast called The Foxed Page that dives deep into the best books of all time. This is basically like the best possible college English class 
class, but more relaxed and fun. No pressure of grades or needing to prepare something to say in class. It's only the books you want to read and know about presented by best-selling author Kimberly Ford. Everything from Cormac McCarthy to Madame Bovary, from classics like Frankenstein to modern hits like Lessons in Chemistry. I love Ireland, but I missed the boat on James Joyce. The Fox page has a three-part series on Dubliners, and that's a pretty great starting point. Want to get the most out of what you read? The Foxed page is for you. Get it now wherever you get your podcasts. Joy. Lynn Sheldon just texted me a picture of uh, you laying with the dead guy from uh, Santa Clara. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the director. Yeah. Lovely. Yeah. Uh, yeah, with the fake dead guy. Yeah, with the fake dead guy. I didn't know that was a <laughs> fake dead guy. That's just a random... Guy. Yeah. That's just a random So then I got thing. a picture of you on my phone with the fake dead guy. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I've Things that. get around, man. That's a... Yeah. yeah, it's a small world, as they say. Yeah. I didn't want to paint it. I know those people who do... I know Tracy Katsky. Oh, there you go. She seems to know everybody. Yeah, well, I went to a party with her once, yeah. and she knew everybody and everybody in comedy. Sure, she was she was one of the gang. Yeah. back in the day when there we were go. all starting out. There you go. Yeah, we had a gang. Where was the gang in New York? No, it was here. That gang was here. That it kind of revolved here? around uh, Largo, the old Largo. Okay. On uh, yeah, she was telling me she and Silverman were uh, yep roommates. I'm say Silverman, but Sarah Silverman. She and they were uh, roommates. I remember that apartment. Yeah, well, and I, that's an L.A. apartment. It was an L.A. apartment, and the three it was Mary Lynn Rice Cub, Sarah Silverman, and Tracy Caskey, and the place looked like a fucking Montessori school. There was guitars around. They were painting. There was. Now, were you part? Were you in New York for a while too? Yeah, I was. Yeah, you were in New York in the nineties. I was in New York in the nineties for sure. Were you? Yes, I was. Yeah. Well, what, I, I well, feel what's, like I'm, I have a vague memory of you there in the nineties. Really? Yes. Well, what's yeah. what's your arc? Who was your crew that you started with? Who were the guys you came up with? <laughs> no I really, one. I don't feel there was a crew. I don't feel like I could ever claim such a thing. Really? I feel like I knew a few people. Yeah. But I don't feel like I was. You were ever, never part of a gang. I, <laughs> Well, there was the, there was sure of it, that short-lived thing at the you know when I was at USC and uh-huh. I f- fell into a bad crowd there off campus. Ooh, the um, bad crowd off campus. That yeah. sounds promising. Do the Crips and the Bloods enjoy when you joke as that you were part of their gang once? <laughs> yeah, is that something they're like? Ah, oh, that's funny. Do you go by Tim? Tim's good. Yeah, mm-hmm. but you choose to be called Timothy on the credits. Well, it just started out that way. I never got around to thinking it past that. Yeah. Yeah. It's a pretty dramatic name somehow. Timothy Oliphant. Is yeah. that how you pronounce it? And it no, it's not, but it, it's sound, uh, Oliphant. Oliphant. Oliphant, like elephant. I get it. What yeah. kind of name is that? Scottish. And and do you are you do you identify as Scottish? Uh as opposed to <laughs> like mixed. Like, you know, like do you do you do you take pride in your Scottish roots? Yeah, it's just there. Yeah. Yeah, it's just there. You, you've never tracked it? No, uh, but my brother did. And so I just said, oh, what, are, what, what do we got? Yeah, what do you got? Yeah. What did you get? We got uh, the big revelation, although this came earlier on, was there's some um, Ashkenazi? Ashkenazi. Ashkenazi Jew. Uh, you got some Jew in you. Got some Ashkenazi Jew. Yeah, I'm I, all that. I, I think we're like... <laughs> I'm 99.5% <laughs> Ashkenazi Jew. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I, I tried. Yeah. I tried as hard as I could, but I could only get about <laughs> 15, I think. Do you know who it was? Who's the Jew? My On my mother's side, my uh, grandfather uh, 
his family escaped uh, they were Russian Jews. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah, that's the Ashkenazis. It was Eastern European Russian Jews. There you go. So it was on my mother's side. So it's no small part. You got you got some. No, I think my mother was like in her in the twenty three twenty. You know, yeah, mm-hmm. that was a big deal for. You didn't know that for the. Uh, no, I, I remember when they found out. It was a big. It was like. It, it, I don't want to paint a bad picture. It wasn't scandalous, but right. I do think it was a big deal for my mother. <laughs> scandalous. And her. Get it out of me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> How could this happen? There's Jew in me. Exactly. <laughs> I think it was a big deal uh-huh. for um, my uh, my mom, my aunt, my uncle when they realized. Um, I, it's kind of hard to imagine how they. I, I just don't think it it occurred to them was part of their equation. Yeah, you know, part of the. But you ever so been? It was a big deal for them when yeah. they found that out. It's you know? exciting. Yeah, yeah. But, I, I don't you know. know what you do with the information, but it's you know it's exciting to know what you're made of. Sure. Where'd you grow up, though? I grew up in Modesto, California. Now wait, okay. So Modesto, that's not. I, I get confused with Bakerfield, Modesto. Modesto's around here. I like that you took the S off of Bakerfield. You put it Bakersfield. Bakersfield. Yeah, like, Bakersfield. You just keep going north, north. Yeah. right? And Modesto's right around here, kinda. No, further north. Oh, really? Bakersfield's closer. Okay. Yeah. But Modesto's by the Bay Area. Exactly. Right. Hour and a half. But it's like cowboy land. Yep. Like uh, agriculture. Yep. Like uh, I think I've met people from I, from around there. Like there was some. I, was it uh, was Creedence Clearwater from around there? Yep. Okay, I'm getting it. You are. Yeah. 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 Good. That's that's a good thing to have. My from. uncle has a great story. My my late uncle, God bless him. Uh, he had a college band. Uh, Battle the bands with uh, with Creedence with CCR. Yeah, well, they were then the uh, Polywogs. Polywogs, right? Yeah, yeah, that's they, right. They played. Uh, yeah, they, that was his claim to fame. They beat him in Battle of the Bands. They beat him. Yeah, they beat him. Yeah. Oh. A little shout out to the pineapples. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the pineapples. What did he? Was he the guitar player? Yeah. Oh yeah. man, college band. And you knew him. You knew your uncle. Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. Did he stay playing? He stay. Uh, he still. Uh, yeah, loved to play. Even uh, though he wasn't, you know, yeah, yeah, didn't go down that road. Still jammed. It, and they all got together a few years back, and they all we all played some some tunes together again. Oh man! But what was going on? Why why Modesto? What was your old man in your mom? He worked for Gallo Wines. Oh. Started with Del Monte. I think Del he Monte. moved there for Del Monte, and then went to work for Gallo. So he was a food Modesto, guy. Modesto, well, yeah, well, produ- he was in wine. Yeah. Got a wine, so, uh, yeah, I guess he was in produ- uh, on the production side. Uh-huh. But I, know, I think Del Monte brought us to Modesto and then went to work for Gallo. Del Monte. Del Monte. Canned foods. Exactly. Ketchups. Uh, yeah. Del Monte ketchups. Pineapples. Oh, yeah, pineapples. Peaches. Peaches. Pineapples. All the stuff. I don't know. We yeah. Were, yeah, we were in- you, did yeah. you have plenty of that at home? Did it come home with your dad? I don't remember the Del Monte. That was, a, I think, a very early <laughs> chapter. But I do think that was, it was, played a part in Modesto. What did your mom do? She was uh, raising us kids. How many? Three. Uh, yeah. All boys? All boys. Wow. And you were just, uh, like, I can't imagine, I don't know, like, I have no, like, sense of what Modesto's like. So you weren't in near show business, really. You see American Graffiti? Yeah. It was like that, just uglier cars. Oh, so that's Modesto. Oh yeah, that Lucas was. He up, shot that there. He shot it in Santa Rosa, a great part of it. But he grew up in Modesto, so it was a it was a movie about his car culture, car driving culture. around. Yeah, dra- you know, uh, yeah. Uh, graffiti, yeah. American graffiti. Sure, yeah. We had American graffiti nights. Oh, you did? And once a year, you got to grease Wolfman up. Wolfman Jack, everyone coming out. Yeah, um, Wolfman came. 
Yeah, yeah. Hey, what's going on, <laughs> Wolfman Jack? It started out as just a thing. Yeah. And then it became very organized. Now yeah. I think you enter, it's a big deal. Yeah, oh, it's still happening. I think they still have graffiti nights in Modesto. Don't quote me on this, but the last I heard it still existed, but now it's very, um, you know, you can't just... When I grew up, we'd just... Anyone could just drive up and down the street that night. We'd all go down with lawn chairs and we'd just hang out on the... Oh, so they bring the, the lowriders and the old cars and stuff? Exactly. Yeah. Cruise around and Chuck Berry come to town and play. You know, that kind of stuff. It's it's so weird, dude. I was thinking about that the other day about how... Because I, I, I play music, but I was thinking about the music my dad liked, you know, and the music he played in the car and stuff. And it's gone. Like, you know, there's not even oldie stations anymore. Maybe on Sirius, I guess. But you start to think about that generation, they're gone. So all that music, that whole soundtrack, most people don't know those songs. It's kind of weird, man. Like, I, like, like the My 15-year-old who's really into music yeah. knows a lot of that music. Really? All and the I'm, way back, doo-wop shit and, you know, the... Yeah. Yeah? Oh, that's I will, good. Chuck Berry. Yeah. Little Richard. Yeah. The, I mean, she's... It's quite... It's quite fascinating how much it'll jump around when she's like takes over the playlist in the in the car. Buddy Holly. Yeah, no, she's aware of Buddy Holly. That's great. Like, that well, makes that it, gives me hope. Well, it's a lot of times. I think maybe I'm not even sure why, other yeah. than she loves music. But I think there is something about where you know you have these playlists now, and yeah. the ins- and the artists that inspire those play. You can sort of go pretty oh, deep. I guess that's right. You yeah. can kind of go pretty deep. So they have that era. Yeah, you can get into anyone, and then it's very accessible to find out who inspired those artists. People love to put together playlists. The artists put together playlists. So you can listen to Anderson Pock, be really into Anderson Pock, and then see, oh, inspired uh, by or uh, influenced by their influences. So then all of a sudden you're like, whoever he listened to, you're listening to. So you can open your mind. Or you jam, like you play like, yeah, you, you go on those, you go on iTunes and find you know, oh, all the songs that uh, Dr. Dre was into. And right. half of it's all the songs he sampled, which is really old stuff. Right. And it just keeps going. I guess that's true. I guess I'm showing my old manness by saying- Look, I just know with my teenage, I mean, we're talking about teenagers, but I'm really surprised that every now and then you're like, are you playing Dionne Warwick? What, what's going on? Like, where? why are we playing this? That's, you know what I mean? She's like, oh yeah, I love this song. That's great. And I'm like, but why do you, know, why is it even in your- yeah. repertoire and she and she tells you she's like yes yeah, really great yeah yeah they don't have they don't know where it happened in history necessarily but they enjoy the music yeah yeah so it all starts yeah. to so that is one thing i find i i sort of marvel at yeah what'd you grow now, up my with? son does not know do no. that what's he up to he's just listening to just straight hip-hop just you know it's just but we're not as proud of him as we are his sister. <laughs> got, so for the record. Tr- you got a troubled kid. As he gets out there in the world when people, <laughs> should you be listening to this, you, you when you meet my son, you think, oh, yeah, this is that one. The bad son. Yeah, this is the bad seed. Yeah. 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 It, uh, how many you got? Two? We got three. You got th- so you did three. We did three. Yeah, yeah. we did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought two was plenty, <laughs> but we went with a third. Yeah. What would the third one come out? Boy, girl, girl, yeah, that's two yeah. girls and a boy, exactly. And that the youngest is in her teens, teens. Oh man, you yeah. got your hands full. How old's the son? Well, not really. Not yet. We're about done. Oh really? Yeah, 
Good luck. We're at that stage. Take care. Pat him on the ass and just say, go get him, champ. Let us know if you need anything, yeah, but let not us, too much. Let us know if you need anything. Exactly. Don't get into trouble. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Listen, but, here's our number, but your mom and I are going on a trip. For, for, the, for the rest of your life. Yeah. So the, so the, ones, the kid, the, the boy's the oldest? No, he's the middle. All right, so they're all, oh, wow. Yeah. And you got colleges and all that stuff. Yeah, no, that's hey, all happening. Do yourself a favor and don't pay anyone to get your kid into school. You know, I, I swear, those kids, went to, those kids went to school with my kid, too. Oh, oh Jesus. Oh, man. Hilarious. Was... Um, yeah, yeah, it's funny. I, uh, I got a kid in college on a tennis scholarship, and it never occurred to me that she never even had to play. <laughs> fucked up we we actually did the lessons and everything really I just wasn't no, thinking creatively not. enough no, i just didn't. wasn't thinking creatively enough <laughs> no, they, yeah. they're, none of them are in college yet are they yeah t- yeah one in college one on the way oh yeah. oh, oh so okay so you're in Mede- what kind of music were you listening to what like characterize your high school years were you a metal guy were you a cat, oh, country guy i've seen were judas you- priest on more than one occasion there you go yeah yeah it's been, it was a tough, maybe about a decade or two ago, I really had to come to terms with, this is not good. This was- this, just, just the music your whole really life. It really doesn't hold up. <laughs> it's really sad. Which ones? Name them. I mean, they're all, but- Def Leppard. Yeah, it's just- Judas Priest. You, you can, but the priest, like- You I, can still do. I still have a little yeah. soft spot for him. Some of them I do dig. Van yeah. Halen holds up. Van Halen holds up on in uh, a little bit, yeah, yeah a little AC, bit. DC forever, for yeah. But see, those are kind of rooted in um, a, little, a little, little bit more rooted in some blues and stuff. Sure, right? so it holds, up a, little, the holds metal, up a little so, better. Yeah, but uh, no, and look, I, even the some priest tunes, I, I feel like I don't care what you say. It's, you, I stand by it. It's sure. solid. How it's, about Iron Maiden? Were you uh, KK Downing? Um, Glenn Tipton. Uh, <laughs> <certain> <laughs> I'm a big fan. Uh, Iron Maiden, not so much. I wasn't into them that much, but um, they were in there. Yeah. You know, where it gets crazy is, you know, when you start throwing out, when my buddies and I are hanging out, yeah. listening to Y&T. Or, uh, no? I don't even know what oh, that is. Oh, strong, buddy. Yeah. Strong. Yeah. yeah. You should pull it out. Y&T? Y&T. Yesterday yeah. and today. They're still around. NorCal band. Or... Uh, Little Aldo Nova. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. I listened to Bill. The other night, I was uh, texting uh, my buddy from high school. He said he was listening to little Billy Squire. Oh, yeah. Sure. And- um, That one record. Exactly. That one record. Yeah. That was a big record. Yeah. I don't know what happened to that guy. Don't say no. Uh, yeah, it was cool. Um, it was all right. Yeah, Lonely as a Night. It's solid, a, dude. Yeah, it was. Solid. <laughs> Uh, there's a lot that doesn't hold up because we were listening to all that, uh, you know, they start to you go down the hair bands basically. Sure. You know? Yeah. Well, you're younger than me. How old are you? <coughs> no, I'm 50. How old are you? 55. No, well, I'm still, you're right. I am younger. A little bit. Yeah, you're little 50? Bit. I'm 50. You're looking good, man. Holding up. You know, I try to eat right and exercise. Yeah, you do, um, right? Walking around without your shirt on. I love that there was a follow-up. No, but seriously, you do, don't you? <laughs> it takes a lot, man. It takes a lot to look as good as you do at 50. You're not going to just like lay it off as a casual thing. It's work. It's work. I appreciate it. Um, I think we're both doing all right. Yeah, I think so. Um, but there was then there was some, you know, we all, I also fell into that sort of new wave uh, thing. So yeah. there was the concerts like, 
Well, the police hold up. Yeah. But the, if you go down the list of opening bands, Thompson Twins, um, who else is in sure. there? Sure, yeah. Oh, you know who uh, is in that, was in that whole thing was, so it was like English Beat. Oh, yeah, I like the English Beat. I still so, listen to the English Beat. Yeah. Just Can't Stop It, that record, yeah. Tears of a Clown. Strong. That's great. The best stuff was more like the Elvis Costello. Great. And and that sort of fun punk yeah. uh, stuff that was yeah. happening there was the really, pop punk stuff. Yeah, it so, was really fun. So listening to that, like uh, I still listen to that. the Repo Man soundtrack, oh, yeah. things great. like that. Yeah, those, those were kind of. So there's some things you kind of go. It's funny to look back and see. What, it defines us. Yeah, it makes I, us feel better. It was a huge and. Were you like that? I, we were all over the map. Like oh, I yeah. feel like our friends, a, a bunch of us, were all over the map. Once I got we older, were like metalhead guys and smoking right. section. Oh yeah, and that's right. Yeah, there's yeah at high that? school. Sure. By the way, our smoking section was in front of the school, like in the front when you when the young kids were being dropped off, the freshmen were being dropped off by their mothers. There, between the drop, getting out of yeah. that car, that yeah. Oldsmobile, yeah, and getting to the front of the into the in school, just was a giant group of people in leather jackets and a huge cloud of smoke above them. It's weird. in my in my high school. I don't. I remember you could smoke anywhere outside. Oh, really? In my we had a section. I mean, there was like just the fact that we were in high school and they just let us fucking smoke was yeah, crazy. Smoke. It was crazy. It was a Essentially, in the parking lot, it was yeah. like the where you lock up your bikes and you and the parking lot and the flagpole. Yep. And there was just uh, everyone out there smoking. Yeah, I remember skaters the, and and rock mostly rock people and and Mexican gang kind of vibe. Skate, yeah. Skater yeah, came in. It. I grew up in New Mexico, so there was definitely a okay. uh, Chicano. Yeah. You know, faction. Yeah, we had a whole low rider. Yeah, sure. That low yeah. Rider oh yeah, low riders. That's it. right. Same with Española, New Mexico. They'd come down. There was a lot of low riders. Yeah. No. And I used to. I, I was a. I loved to draw growing up, and then I, be, I was an art student in college, and so I, I, I that was sort of my connection with some of the some of those lowrider guys. They're really good. They had really good art. Oh yeah. So we'd hang out in art class together. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, because they, you know, that lowrider culture of sure, car culture sure. and drawing. And yeah, yeah. Almost that, a, that kind of almost of cross, lo- almost into tattoos, almost. Yeah, they loved to do. Uh, I mean, they, they there was like a, that thing of. Um, I remember them teaching me. Uh, like how to do the the lettering where it oh, looked like right. it was mirrored, like it looked yeah, like yeah. steel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah, it was yeah. like the three D stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like it's car detailing stuff almost. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I like high school. I don't know what it, I have no sense of it, but you have kids. It must be interesting to see that because there was definitely a distinction. I like you. It sounds could move freely throughout most of the clicks. I yes. was not d- directly identified. <laughs> I wish I, I, I was jealous of guys. Uh, there was one or two guys I remember could do it w- way more seamlessly than I could. I yeah. wish I was that cool. Yeah. But I, you know, we were, but I did, I was able to do it a little bit. You weren't a jock? Well, I was a little bit of a jock and then I was yeah. also the art guy and I was a decent student. So I felt like I kind of had a foot in a little bit with everybody. Right. Um, um, so I, I enjoyed my high school years. Um, I just can't believe. But there were certain guys that were just. I was like, wow, you really are that cool. Yeah. You know, um, I know. I had a couple guys like that. And looking back on it, I don't know how cool they were, but I think I thought they were cool. Usually like, not jocks. Usually once, it, yeah. yeah. The guys. I remember a guy I went to high school with uh, who was a really talented artist. Yeah. So talented. And then kind of a druggie, but not a deadbeat, right. but able to like just go in and out of yeah. the two two three worlds but he had a thing he did that you were impressed with so yes. like yeah you know, so he was just 
cool. Yeah, those guys. And they he could come not... hang out with us. He'd go hang out with the druggies. He'd go hang out with skateboarders. Yeah. He he did. Um, he and I, he more than me. But I yeah. used to. My in with some of the skateboarders was I'd go to the skateboard ramps and um, paint on the ramps. Oh yeah. That, yeah, you go go. You know, come out and. You were the guy who painted on the ramps. Painted on the ramps. What'd you paint on ramps? You know, just anything that seemed kind of. Were you a graffiti guy? Yeah, it could be any. I guess we did use spray paint and stuff. Yeah, we used spray paint, but it's more just because you could draw. So yeah. you know, you could... I feel like skate culture came a little after me. You know, like it was like I just missed it. It was just starting by the time I got out of high school. I graduated high school eighty one. Okay, so it wasn't quite. You guys weren't out stealing um, plywood from construction sites. No, but to it happened. Skateboard ramps. It happened with my brother. Like they were yeah. starting to do that. Yeah, yeah. pools. Yeah. yeah, that whole thing. I, I was never that much of a risk taker in terms of, I just couldn't get a hold of it. Did you yeah. skate? Oh, no, enough to, to kind of be able to, you know, to hang skate. around. Right, yeah. But you couldn't you couldn't, <laughs> uh, you couldn't compete necessarily. No, you, no, no, no. You, you had the skateboard, you, no. you had the spray paint, but you had couldn't. Spray, yeah, I could go up and down the, you know, I could get up, yeah. but wasn't doing anything once I got up there other yeah. than just holding on. Right. And I skated, you know, around. We skated around, skated in college, like yeah. cl to class. I was you know, just in San guys. Diego, dude. There's 50-year-old yeah. dudes skating around. Everyone's skating around. Yeah, it's crazy. It's like, you're going to break, dude. You break a I went up to see my kid at UC Santa Barbara the other day. Playing a tennis thing and yeah. they got a skateboard lane. I never seen so many girls on skateboards. Well, now they got the scooter I, thing I, too I, that I, you I, just I, pick up on the street. You can just grab a scooter. And, yeah, I do that. I love those do? things. Yeah, really, they got them where you live. Yeah, oh. I love them. I don't see them around here. Maybe they'll come in time. So, all right. So you're in high school. You're kind of a jock. What's your sport? <laughs> I was a swimmer growing oh, yeah. up. Yeah, swam. Played. What water, was your stroke? Water. Uh, I was. I am. So I did a little bit of everything. Oh. Yeah. And, and you, oh, the medley? The, yeah, me exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I am individual medley. I, I didn't, I, I swam. Did you swim? Yeah, but not, not in high school. I had. I, I was in a swim club that competed, but I was never in that good. In Mexico. Yeah, I had a B time in breaststroke. That's the best I could do. A B time <laughs> in breaststroke. Breaststroke I could handle. Butterfly, really? not so much. Backstroke, I always turned no. over before I hit the edge. And that's it. Yeah, and yeah. didn't, not in high school. No, I didn't what do any happened? sports in high school. Drugs? No, no, I just, uh, you, I was more of an art department kid. I was not oh, really? a, yeah, I was not Wait, a Wait, we have this in common. Yeah, but I was photography. Photography? Yeah, in I did photography. So I like, didn't do any sport. I, I felt like most people who were decent at swimming just swam in high school because no, that was not your good thing. At, I was you not good to, enough at it. So you had to do, really, I thought high school teams all suck. Yeah, but like I was not two, competitive. I just couldn't okay. handle it, man. So I, does know. that mean you had to do PE in high school? I can't remember showing up for it. Really? <laughs> yeah. I, I have no recollection of Should I PE. circle back to the drugs question? No, I wasn't drugging no, until later. Until later. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I dabbled Late in high bloomer. school. Yeah, I dabbled in high school, but like yeah, I, yeah, college is and where the photography. drugs. photography. Photography I was very into. Photography and writing and, you know, just, but I was more sort of like, you know, Did just you... trying to have friends. Yeah, just trying to hang out, drinking beers. We got our driver's license at 15. So we were out waiting in front of liquor stores yeah. at 15. Hey, dude, get us a six pack. You know, there was that whole thing. It was, it and was, did you, we were part of that, um, and this is the American Graffiti reference. We were, you know, we were the people, we were those guys who threw like a dummy in the middle of the road and <laughs> yeah. gift wrapped a cinder block, you I, know, during the holidays. No, we did, we did worse shit, kind of. Worse shit, kind of. There was a, a brief period there where we had a CO2 powered pellet gun. Oh, and we were shooting strong. out windows, shooting out windows because the the sound of a 
of a windshield going. That's just good, wholesome Oof, fun. Man. That, That's just good, just, wholesome just fun. Shatters it's another it. time, isn't it? Yeah, we used to go to the parking lot of the mall and we'd put shopping carts in front of our cars and get them going about 50 and then let them go. Just watch them destroy themselves. We ice blocking. We used to go ice blocking. We'd go get blocks of ice in yeah. the middle of the night and go yeah. up to the golf course and slide down the hills on oh, that's, blocks of ice. That seems a little less destructive. Well, it's not good for the golf course. Oh, really? And Fucks then, it but, up? Yeah, but we do that and we drink and hang out in, at the middle of the night until the golf course cop shows up. <laughs> that and guy. then you try to get him to chase you. <laughs> and then you circle back and you try to yeah. steal, his, uh, yeah. steal that light. Yeah. Yeah, because you steal that light and then you get it in your car and now you drive up and down McHenry and you put that spotlight on people's cars and they think the cops- There you go, stealing the light. Good times. That's it. That is good time. Good times. It is driving culture though. I remember there was always that sort of cruising certain areas, driving around. Yeah, take the fire extinguisher, go out, ask people for directions and hit them. Oh, that's good times. Good times. Yeah, good wholesome It's all fun until someone has a real gun. You can't do any of this anymore. Yeah, there were some real guns around. Did you have real guns at Modesto? Well, we, I remember, no, I don't remember any guys, no guns at school, no yeah. guns. Uh, yeah, I saw some guns around. No, I mean, I remember guys who ended up in, guys who went to school ended up in prison. So it, I know it went further south. For them? A lot of fights. Yeah. A lot of fights. Yeah. Parties, I, I keg up. parties, sure. fights. Keg parties, destroying someone's house. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. No, and then there was that place up in the mountains where they, someone would <laughs> bring a keg. And we went to orchards and canals. Oh, nice! Yeah. So, what was Party the at the orchards? What was the art thing? That was the first passion. That was the that was what you were into. Well, I just stumbled upon. It. I mean, I drew growing up, and then um, uh, where'd you get inspired to do that? Was somebody was there a role model for that? I mean, that made you you just dug it. I did just I did. Although my dad was is very good um, at drawing, he really liked to draw. As I re, as I recall, he was always kind of. I used to do some of that, and my. I, there's a bunch of people in the family that were were good at drawing. My grandfather had this amazing painting up in his house that he did when he was a kid. So I know there's a lot of talented, yeah. you know, art people. It's you exciting. used to do. I did. I drew. I drew my mother was a painter, so like it, I grew up with art. Okay, but I remember I drew a picture, a portrait of John Lennon that won some awards. So I guess I was more of broadly art department, but I don't. I didn't take classes. I took only took one sort of art class, but I did enter stuff into competitions, drawings and stuff, oh, photography. Yeah. Did you go to college? I did. And studied? English literature, film. What happened? You didn't go into art. Oh, you, well, you were writing as well. I was, yeah, I, I don't know what I was doing. Like, the drawing thing, like, I, like if I locked in, I could do it, you know, But I, and I did it for a while, but then it was like, not unlike photography, it's, is this going to be my life? I wanted to learn a lot of other stuff. Yeah. I, I wasn't thinking in terms of what I was going to do with my life. So what, did you actually pursue it into college? I studied, uh, yeah, I was a fine art major in college. Where? At USC. Really? Did you have like the reference down the street for those of yeah. you listening? That's a good school. It's just over my shoulder. Yeah. to the right. You can see it down right down the street. Right down the street. Yeah. Did did you did you um did you have to submit a portfolio to get in? Or? No, uh, USC. You did not have to submit a portfolio. A few other schools I did have to submit, but I went to yeah went to USC because I was uh, I swam, so I I wanted to. I knew I was going somewhere where I could swim and. I, I stumbled across it really. I I, um, I went to USC on a recruit trip, and uh, and I flew out and I had this in, in my head that I might want to be an architect. Yeah, an architecture student. That's a good application. And um, 
the architecture. So I went to go meet with the dean of the architecture school, and he immediately told me I couldn't be on the swim team and still be an architecture student. It was just an impossible task. Uh-huh. And um, I asked him, I said, to get upstairs to the architecture school, I was like, there was down below there was what looked like an art gallery and what I thought was a look like ceramics look like yeah but and he said yeah that's the art department now i know memory is not a reliable narrator in my what i recall saying was <laughs> get the fuck out yeah <laughs> you can get a degree in that yeah and he's like yeah there's a you know bachelor of fine arts and i was like can i go talk to them he said sure and he walked <laughs> me down he introduced me to the dean of the yeah, art yeah. department and i uh, said listen i'm here you know, I, I, my intention would be to swim for the school. Could I be on the swim team and also study art? And they said, yeah, we could work around it. Yeah. Wow. And so, so I went home and, Mom, Dad. I'm going to be an artist. Can you believe this? Well, first I felt like, again, my recollection is I came home and said, you're not going to believe this. Yeah. You can get a degree in art. You can get a college degree. Yeah. And they said, yeah. And I said, wait, you'll let me, you know, I can do that? And they said, sure. You know? Wow, that's nice of them. And I was like, oh, my God. I went and dropped out of math that day. I, was, I had already satisfied the requirements. I so start, wait, started going home early every day after that. So were you just doing it to swag off or were you doing no, it? No, no. I was like genuinely like this was mind blowing. Did you study? Did you study art history and all that stuff? <laughs> yeah, I was a BFA, you know, studio. Uh, what do you, um, studio art. Yeah. Um, I was all in. I mean, I slid the chips all the way in. Yeah. I was, I loved it. Uh, you know. Um, Did you paint? Painted. I was uh, uh, not very good at painting. Um, yeah. Very, you know, c- color paint was uh, was a real challenge. Loved drawing. Yeah. Loved pencil drawing. Loved um, anything pretty simple and immediate. I mean, I eventually did. You know, four years. I, you know, I did a lot of painting, but my paintings became more. Like drawings and paintings. Oh yeah, it was like painting with acrylic, essentially. I mean, drawing with acrylic in a way. Yeah, and uh, and I loved sculpture. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah. Do you have some of your sculptures still? I don't have a single. No, not a single one. What were you working with? Like, what I did was some... a ton of ceramics. Yeah, and I did. We, you know, you got to you know BFA major. I don't know. It's not like this everywhere, but yeah. you know, it's pretty well rounded there. So you're doing a ton. You know, you have to take certain requirements yeah. before you sort of lock in during right. your senior year. Yeah. And then by your senior year, you're kind of doing whatever you want. And you don't have anything, any of the work? I have all my pencil drawings. Yeah. I have all my drawings. Well, wow. I have a great deal of my drawings. I didn't create, I didn't keep anything. Just practical. Yeah. Sure. What am I going to do with these fucking... Sculptures. I'm going to yeah, haul they... ceramic sculptures around. Were, like, they, were they just... In my a... 20s when I go from, you know, well, move to New York and move there. But I mean, <laughs> were, like they, were they freeform? Were they abstract? Or were they, they were like, figurative? Or... Uh, I did this, um, my senior exhibition was a series of pencil drawings yeah. and uh, ceramic sculptures, and the ceramic sculptures were on the floor and pencil drawings were on the, wall. the, the yeah. gallery, and they were a, they, the, um, you know those, uh, you know those sort of uh, things you see them on the side of buildings, those classic uh, uh ocean drawings where you're split level you're seen above the ocean below the ocean oh, yeah. so the, sure. the whales kind of like yeah, emerging yeah. yeah it was like this surreal take on those things yeah where there was these there was a uh, there was a, a line they were all di- all the drawings were different sizes but the the continuing line of the 
of the ocean right, the ran through them all. Yeah, okay. And it was always above and below, yeah, yeah. different degrees of that. And the below had all these odd rock formations at times that looked almost figurative looking. Yeah. The ceramic sculptures reflected, mirrored those Rocks those rock formations. Wow, man. <laughs> you had full concept. It was cool. Yeah? I you... mean, I, re- I think of it, I, I remember it. I'm very proud of it. Do you have photo documentation? Oh, sure. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah, you do slides. Yeah. yeah, no, I was in. I was going to, I was on my way to, uh, uh, I was exploring, you know, um, getting a master's going on. And yeah, I was, I had every intention to continue continue a studying life in, uh, in the oh, arts. Oh yeah, love that was my So how'd you get derailed, man? You know, you take a beat and you, you got a little time, you're enjoying yourself and you yeah. think, you know, I might give this a shot, I might give this a shot if I'm going to try it, you should try it now. What, try acting? to put off the midlife crisis, you know, and yeah. just give it, you know, I tried to do I did everything. I did the I did stand up for a few months and a year no, or two and really? I really I feel like you were there. Um <laughs> <laughs> Not that I expect you to remember <laughs> me. I mean, I remember you because you were in New York in the '90s. Yeah, I definitely was at Boston. Yeah, yeah. No, that's where I was. Come on, I swear to God. <laughs> yeah, no, I'll tell you. See, I don't. The Boston Comedy of, Club. I think we were part of a. Uh, what did you say? A, a click, gang. A gang. I think, I think we were in the same gang. No, you. So this would be ninety. 92, 91, yeah, 92, 93? Definitely there. I, yeah. well, I mean, like, there, I I, was a, I went to San Francisco in 92 for a couple of years, but you, you might have just caught me. I, I kind of hit the wall in New York, but I was definitely at the Boston. the wall in New York. That yeah, feels like that deserves a better, more explanation. Well, I couldn't get into the bigger clubs, you know, and I, you know, I, you know, I was trying to stay sober, and then I wasn't, and then it's like I couldn't get in at the cellar. I couldn't get in at Catch. I was only working like Boston Comedy Club and the Improv, the yeah. old Improv. Yeah, no, see, you were there. I was there doing open mic. Yeah, on Mondays. Sure. And so here, this is the gang. So I used to spend some time with. Uh, I remember running around with Jay Moore. Yeah. I remember. I remember meeting Sarah Silverman. Yep. Um, she was doing open mic. That around that time sure. as well, yeah. And um, David Tell sure. was hosting, yeah, at the cellar or at, no, uh, at, at Boston. Boston, sure, yeah. And Louis was uh, yeah. hosting, yeah. And then people, yeah, I remember all of it. I remember sitting on that back booth, yeah. And I remember before they built that back platform, like when it was just a flat room with shitty tables, and then they built then that they built, booth. Oh, that's that, before I, I don't remember a non, yeah, yeah. So what you and uh, then Barry Katz, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you really were in it. <laughs> Never had two words meant so much. He paid for. I, I did that thing. I, I passed out the flyers and out front. you know, out front, and he would give me gave me time, and um, I'd work it up. And then he had some club on the upper east side, upper west side there, but Columbia there for a right beat. the West End or the, yeah, the, I yeah. remember going up there. Yeah, so yeah. you were doing it. I was doing it. Yeah. That what was the that, fuck? Yeah, that's what I thought. I thought, what the fuck am I doing? I got to get out of this. this no, but I mean, like, what's, let me track this. So you get out yeah. of your fine arts, you got your undergraduate fine arts degree, and then you're like, I'm moving <laughs> to New York? I, my In my senior year, yeah, yeah. well, so my, my wife and I, um, we you're, met in college. So uh, she had family in New York. So we just went to New York as soon as we got out of school just to kind of go visit. Yeah. Early and, 90s? Early 90s. So, yeah, that's like 90, 91. Yeah. And- um, didn't know what we were doing or what we wanted to do. We were both, you know, it's after college trying to figure it out. But I had a, and, and we went back and forth once there. Um, and um, 
I kind of had this jumping around a little bit in order. One, towards the end of my, I felt like my senior year and right when I got out, I had this, uh, I had this idea that, well, anything you think of, you know, just take a, just take a crack at it just so you know. Yeah. Creatively. Why not? Yeah. Just take a crack at it. So I was like, you know, I've always wanted to try this. So get up and do it. Yeah. Put it together. How, How were you? You know, it came uh, the first. Uh, I think somewhat unusual, but I think maybe maybe so, because I'd I'd always heard like you're just going to bomb, you're right. going to bomb for a while. I I felt like I had a couple shows right out of the gate that you're like, this is easy, this is great, <laughs> you're and that guy. then the bombing started. Right, right, and then it then it they're like, oh, but you're writing jokes. Is writing jokes, yeah, yeah. writing jokes and. Uh, yeah, no, I had this whole thing. Like I thought, you know, oh, I, I, I'm a big Steve Martin fan and he's in the art world and I just felt like, oh, that's a, you know. Were you doing oddball stuff? Yeah, I came, I'd come out and like, uh, I'd start singing, if you love me and you know it, clap your hands. It would be like the first word out of my mouth. I'd just start singing that. Just to get that audience participation. Just, well, it didn't matter even if they were dead. Yeah. I, I I responded the same no matter what. Yeah. I would just go, thank you. And, you know, and I would just continue singing it with, with unabandoned enthusiasm, no matter what the response was. Yeah. And uh, I thought it was conceptually awesome yeah (laughs) Yeah. just get right to it yeah yeah you know let's just get right to it i just want to know now yeah who loves me out there (laughs) i mean like i've given you nothing but i just want to cut to it so that was i remember solid i remember thank you i appreciate the compliment i'll take it as a genuine um i I did i don't know i I felt like i felt like i had one smart joke about art and pornography about the difference between the two yeah it was a it was a ripoff of a a quote from who was the artist? Someone had because it was in the height of you know well I guess it's just the end of the eighties you know the art and pornography Jesse Helms that whole right. thing and there was an artist who had a really long winded quote about the um, about uh, the purpose of pornography uh-huh. in one of those trials and it was all about wasn't Zappa. No, it was one of the artists. It uh-huh. was like if it wasn't Maplethorpe, it was someone like right. that. Like this is the purpose of pornography. It's simply to do this, yeah. titillate and blah yeah. blah blah. But it was very it was very well spoken. Right. And then I just added and then if in addition to that it matches your furniture. Yeah. You know, <laughs> the art. that that makes it that makes <laughs> that it makes art. It art. Yeah. <laughs> so that's smart. See the, and I thought that was the closest thing I came to a smart <laughs> joke. And then, you, <laughs> then you go back to into it if you're happy and you know. And then it. I just did, you know. Yeah. MC Hammer, you know. Impression? I don't, I don't want to touch this. Yeah? You know. You did, a, you did some- uh, I felt like everyone did a- It was like that- Can't touch this? Can't touch this. I don't want yeah. to touch it. I never wanted to touch it. Why does he keep thinking, I don't want to touch yeah, it? you did that It was one, just huh? that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> just like, you know, that's- Well, no, just- Well, that's a placeholder until I come up with something else smart. So when did you know that that was not the life for you? So I thought two things. Yeah. Uh, Wanting my wife and I, I, first of all, I saw right off the bat, oh, that's a tough schedule. Yeah. You're just up all night. Yeah. You're just up Running all around. night. It's an awful. Uh, I also thought, I thought a couple things in no particular order. Yeah. One, uh, there's a curse. 
it's a similar curse to I imagine other professions. Yeah. Acting has one, but maybe it's there's a curse of where every conversation you you start to have, you think, oh, that's a bit. Oh yeah, of course. And that was um, I was really scared to death of that, where I felt like. <laughs> You're completely consumed. Every conversation you had, you got to write it down. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, yeah. yeah good and uh, 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 forgive me also, hanging out with comics, not the most fun. Oh, yeah? Yeah, no, I felt like- it's a rough was, crowd. Well, it's just a lot of that. Yeah. It's a lot of- every, Do you think this is funny? <laughs> oh, no, no. Yeah, that's mine. Yeah, that's, that's mine. That's mine. <laughs> that's, there's a lot of that. Yeah. I remember that. You have a conversation with somebody, are you going to use that? You're going to use that? Because I'm going to use, use that? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, I think Mark Marin already said he was going to use it. Yeah, no, already, he said it yesterday. He's already doing and something they're like arguing that. Over the, yeah. I said that was mine. Yeah. No, we talked about it on Monday. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, and then you both do it. Oh, Jesus. So I, I also, I just thought, um, well, first of all, I was probably scared to death of any type of success at yeah. any level. Really? Uh, yeah, a little bit. And then I also think that um, stand-up comedy and uh, acting, uh, success comes with so much baggage. Yeah. It's not success in um, a lot of other fields. There's just so much else is coming with it. I was scared to death of it. I was scared to death of, um, of like, even if I become mediocre at this, yeah. there's a chance I could um, I could see myself like, oh, you could get a sitcom. Right. You know, you start to have those conversations. Sure. Yeah, he's like this, he's likable, sitcom. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, I, I felt like, I felt like I saw a future where, only a few years had passed, and I was uh, on a sitcom making a lot of money and had no skills whatsoever. Yeah. You know, like I was like I'm, practical skills. You mean or meaning acting I skills? could I could see myself becoming successful in a, in a in a in in that world and not one note actually be good at what I'm doing. Oh yeah. Oh, interesting. That's kind of scared the shit out of me. That's interesting. So the fear was like I could do comedy, I might not get very good at it and I can I won't get be op- good at comedy and I'll get and opportunities I'll, from it. And I'll get acting opportunities and, and I, I won't, won't be, be good, good at, at that. And I'll be done. This will all be over before I'm 30. <laughs> I'll be like one of those guys where I'm like right. I'm late 20s. Yeah. And I've it's done. Yeah, it's already done, and I'm actually not good at what I'm doing. So, so from there, you said I'm going to learn how to take some classes. Yeah, and I think I also probably saw that just you know, it's a rough life. It's a rough life, and I thought I I I I was really worried that I was like, wow, it's going to be a very narrow. Hmm. um, And I thought, well, I think you start to see like, well, there's these there's this other group of people um, that. I feel maybe it's a little bit more in my ballpark where, you know, you can, you learn this craft and then you can kind of put your toe in over here and you put your toe in over there. You go do drama, you go do this, you go, you know, Well, yeah, but that's that interesting way. because, you know, you, you wanted to have some sort of skill set. Like with comedy, yeah. there, oh, the other part of comedy is if you do get a few minutes together, you can get seen, that's which, my is, po- yes. which is hard in acting. Yes, and I, I guess at the end of the day, I didn't want to be a comic to become a, Actor. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's nice of you. Yeah, we I resent want... those guys. <laughs> yeah. No, I love stand up, and yeah. I felt like if I was going to be a stand up, I was like, I want to be a stand. One right. of those people that that's what you do. I, yeah. I like the, I like people. I I have a lot of heroes in various professions where what they do is what they do, right? And they do it till they, yeah, till they're eighty. That's right. They just and they love doing yeah. it, right? The life. And I and I think that I respect and love and admire stand-up comics but i don't 
think that that's something I thought, oh, that's something I want to do till I'm 80. So where'd you take classes? Where'd you and start? Then I went and studied with the uh, the late uh, Bill Esper, who I've just heard him, passed yeah. away. Um, what was that school? Short, uh, the William Esper Studios. Yeah. He, he at the time was running um, Rutgers uh, School acting program out at the university and then he had his studio in new york and i went and knocked on his door and said you know i want to take acting classes he's a guy like i've heard him i can't remember who but he's come up several times a lovely wonderful guy one just a just a as good as they come just a class guy and you and loved it remained close with you know over yeah? the years yeah until he passed away just shortly not long ago, not long ago? how old just, he's old ago, right yeah um yeah, but 80s. I saw him just a year or so ago. Whenever I go to New York, I'd go, go oh, see yeah? him, check in with him. and He was the guy. Changed your life. He really did. Yeah, in more ways than one. Just a great guy. Yeah? Yeah, yeah lovely guy. So what what did you learn? What did you do? What'd you, how did you, did you have to get into it? Well, acting-wise, he was... Um, I didn't immediately go into his class. I showed up. I knocked on the door. I said, I'm, you know, I'm here. I want to take classes. I yeah. have no experience. I've never been in a play. Yeah. I've never been in a high school play. I was an art student, but, you know... I took a uh, I took a class as a, an elective. I owed a degree to for, um, and I could take anything. And I took an acting one hundred and one at, at USC. I actually took it through UC Irvine. Yeah, and I was like, this is a blast. And I ran it by my wife. I said, you know, I I, I might want to do this. Um, what do you think? And she's like, Tim, just do something. I mean, <laughs> Jesus, just do it, you know? And he stayed with the same wife for all this time. Yeah, no. She's pretty good. Sorry, the after this afternoon, we woke up in the same bed together. Um, Did your parents stay together? No. Hmm. No. Well, good. <laughs> good. Good that you, you went the other way. Okay. You locked in. Oh, good. Mm -hmm. I locked in. So Esper is like, you know, he, he took mm -hmm. you in and that was that? And you started took doing Took me it? in. I took um, took my first year I studied with a man named Joel Rooks. Yeah. And then uh, Joel only taught first year. And then I went into Bill's class the second year. It's a Meisner program. It's, you know, it's, uh, I don't know yeah. if you're that familiar yeah, with it. Yeah, we talk about yeah, it. Yeah, I, I tend to talk to actors about acting because I'm acting oh, really? now. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm doing some acting. Uh, and I'd say it's my class. How is I it? It's good. I'm doing all right. But yeah, there's some are. things that... um. Like, my expectations are weird, though, in terms of, of craft. Like, I feel that, like, I'm not going deep enough, and I don't give myself credit for just being who I am, and it's going to come out anyways, but I always feel like, shouldn't I be losing myself? Shouldn't I, you know, like, you know, and then you start to realize, no, it's a, you talk to people like Jeff Daniels, it's like, you know, just know your face. You know, understand how your face works for those shots. You know, like, there's a million ways to come around it. And, like, there's only a rare couple people that actually physically or completely transform into other humans. Yeah. Everyone else is just pretending. <clears throat> no, I think everyone's pretending. I don't know about <laughs> I don't know if even those people are. I don't know about. They got me fooled. Uh, you know, what are they doing? I don't know. I mean, at the end of the day, they're just playing dress up and telling, saying the lines that but people like told you, them to say. You were doing, but you, it was a long time before you really broke in a way, right? I mean, well, you worked. Yeah, I, you know, I was a one step forward, two steps back kind of deal. Yeah? Yeah, you know, so you'd have a big thing and then I'd say, Jesus, woo. Did you do, did you do? Slow up, everybody. <laughs> really? Oh, yeah. Did good. you start with theater? I did some theater in New York, started yeah. out, and then, um, yeah, but I got, I, I was, after I, I went and studied in New York and I studied for two years and I I was, um, 
it's I, I, best of both worlds. Probably I, I had success right off right out of the gate on got television. Jobs, both, yeah, 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 right off the right out of the bat. You know, just got first year. Got a good look. That's why you got a good look, fella. Well, you fit on screen. You fit on screen. Everybody fits on screen. You no. just gotta find. Uh, you gotta find where 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 you kind of fit in. I guess. Did you right. were you conscious of that? Which part that you had to find where you fit in? I mean, it seems like you did. That a lot took of me fair. a while. That took me a while, but yeah, you kind of figure out. That took me a long time. I mean, to some degree, so it yeah. took me a long, long time to be like, no, 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 that's not what I do. I don't fit in there. You know, right. That's, that's a. That's not a good. And you were in that. You were in knowing that movie. how to cast yourself is is probably a, that, a pretty good skill to have. But you were in like that big movie with with Jay. More and like that. So that like, was right out. Of, that was early on. That was go. late nineties. Yeah, that was a big movie. So that see that's sort cool of the film. generation it, you come from. I mean, I guys, I uh, when I was starting off and uh, starting out in New York, the people that so Ethan Hawke and uh, Mark Ruffalo, yeah, and um, I was just you know enamored by them. That was that was the gang, and they so that whole. Same generation, but they were all working because I didn't start till my twenties. So yeah. when I got there, there were a lot of people already in their twenties that were well on their way, and and um, you know I met them along the way. So I I knew all of those people, but it took me years and years and years to sort of be part of that conversation. Right, and wh when you say two step, you know, two steps forward, one step back. I mean, what like what were the moments where you had to reel something in, or you had to make different choices? Like how how far did that fear of success take you? Oh, it took forever. I mean, I felt like it was, took forever. I think it was um, terrifying, you know. So, it, like a, a, a movie like Go, you just yeah. felt like, Jesus Christ, we're about to be, you know, shot out of a cannon. Right. And you follow it up with something that, like, no one's going to see this. <laughs> <laughs> and you know that. I think so. You know, I don't know how conscious I was along the way, but looking back, you're like, well, what were you thinking? I've even seen things that I was in right around that era time within a few years of that like the broken hearts club and uh yeah i was like who's gonna go this is a movie about a bunch of gay guys in yeah. west hollywood guess yeah. what did no one went to see <laughs> no. it no and then for so and then like there were opportunities during that time that were clearly huge opportunities and yeah. i was like you know no way no way you didn't do them well, some I just wouldn't do. I just was. But you went with Rockstar, which was another. But then there was, you see, it's one of these things. After a certain point, you're like, okay, so two things are happening yeah. a lot of times. One, you're either passing on huge opportunities mm -hmm. because you're just like, this is stupid, and I'm going to be famous for something stupid, and that's what you've convinced yourself of. Which, wow. Who gives a shit? No one does that anymore. I know. I should. Well, who, what was I even thinking? I should have been famous <laughs> for something stupid. You can figure it out as <laughs> you go. Work from there. Exactly. Or, well, I, or I would just you know really fuck up a great opportunity like an audition. I felt like I would get really tight at opportunities where you're like, God, what was wrong with you? That's a perfect part for you. You should have and you blew it. Blew it and you blew it. Just got you know just nervous. Are there movies that you regret turning down? No, not that I can think of. No, no, no. because you, you know usually the ones that you turn down. Yeah, there's none that I've turned down that you're like, oh my God, what a great movie. Right. Most of them I haven't even seen. I, there's, uh, there, you've done a lot of movies, dude. But see, then what happens is this is the joke I remember yeah. doing is that then you end up basically taking a part, a small part, for less money, yeah. in an equally stupid film. 
that you're like, what's the point of this? Why why pass on the lead role in that film to end up being a supporting role in that guy's film, next film, who's now a huge fucking movie star <laughs> because he did the dumb one. And so now you're broke and you're in shitty movies <laughs> because you need the work. <laughs> so, so you're like, this is not working out. This plan, we got to change this. Yeah, well, you made some mistakes. I don't know if they're mistakes or not. They're just, they are what they are. Yeah. You know, it was part of the trip. I got lucky in yeah. a way. I never well, had to deal with any, I never had to deal with, I've never had to deal with any of the um Failing a lot of the on, a big, on a big scale. Or success on a big scale. Right. I've well, never had to deal well, with that. I'm the same that. way. You yeah, know, exactly. like you, you kind of, you just keep pushing and at some point you realize like, well, there's no turning back now. So, you know, I'm going to have to figure it out. <laughs> it's exactly. I have no other skills. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And then you, you know, just hope go, for the best. You're like, well, honey, if this doesn't work out, there's always those know. ceramic sculptures. Yeah. What yeah. did I do Where'd with I those? Do? Oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, God damn it. I threw them away. I didn't have room for them. <laughs> Maybe I can redo it. Yeah. So that's sort of fascinating to me in, in that, you know, that you're, after years, really, you know, what really put you on the radar was was Deadwood, right? I mean, it certainly helped along the way. Um, I, I don't feel like there was ever one thing that, um, one enorm- I don't feel like that's any more significant than Go or Scream 2. Well, I there, mean, significant lot, in that it was an amazing, it's a, lot more, it's a thing that keeps giving. and it's an, a, a lot more screen time, though. I mean, you oh, were yeah, able- No, it was a first lead role. It was like a leading role. And yeah. you could dig into it because, yeah. like, you know, you had Milch, who's a genius, and you had yeah. this w- w- incredible landscape, and, yeah. you know, you did some, you could do some real character work and yes. tell a, 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 a huge yeah. arc of a story. Yeah. Yeah, no, that was a good gig. And you're in the Wild West. And it was a, it was one of those gigs that just keeps giving, you know. Well, that's just, what you did, got the movie now, right? We just, yeah. No, I mean, it keeps giving in terms of... Um, People knowing who you are? No, no. I mean, um, it keeps giving in that the things I learned on that, yeah. in that time frame is something that I draw from all the time. Like what? Uh, you name it. I mean, I worked with David. So working with David Milch what, what is a, uh, you know, he's now a voice in my head that I hear on every set I've been to since. Saying what? Saying that there's there's possibilities here that uh, perhaps um, are worth exploring. That mm-hmm. there's opportunities here. There's um, that the uh, the roadblock here in front of you is actually an opportunity. That there's an there's a an idea available that you know if you think that what you're talking about at uh, at craft service is yeah. maybe more connected to the work than you would otherwise had had, had thought of. The, Interesting. The, I saw I saw a way of working. Uh-huh. I saw a way of approaching the work. That was more creative in a way or more freeing. It was more it was inspiring. It uh-huh. was it was yeah, it was all those things. It was creative, but it was that it in the, I guess in the simplest terms it was seeing someone who I imagine it's a little bit like what you are talking about with your own work. It's yeah. someone who did something very simple. They did all the homework. Uh-huh. They exhausted all the the research and the and they put their heart and soul into the piece and then they showed up and they were willing to just throw it all out the window and just go with what was what was the inspiration in front of them. Huh. They were and, and it was a a way of I mean, he was the writer and the storyteller. He was the storyteller, but he worked in a way that I thought, that's what I want. That's what I'm looking for. And I'd seen it in in 
along the way, I don't know about you, but along the way you see things. Yeah. In any kind of craft. You see Dave Attell right. at Boston Comedy. Sure. And you think, oh now, my God. He, what he's doing there, <laughs> how can I, how can I, even if I don't pursue stand-up, how can I take that and bottle it and take it with me to the next thing? That willingness to just... Push the envelope. Yeah, just just say, you know, I'm just going to trust that just because this is this is of interest to me, the, yeah. the willingness to fail. Right. The willingness to clearly spend a lot of time thinking about what he's been thinking about right. and then throw it, seemingly just fucking throw it against the wall yeah. and see if anyone else out there yeah. feels the same. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's like something that's quite beautiful and- um and simple, but hard to trust. Right, for and sure. And I remember yeah. showing up on, um, I did a scene in a Danny Boyle movie called Life Less Ordinary. And my scene essentially was cut from the film. I'm in there for seconds, but uh, I shot. That's why I could never be an actor for a job. But you know what? It didn't matter. I spent a day with Holly Hunter. Yeah, oh yeah. And that day made an impression on me. It was the first time working on film where I watched someone I watched an actor work in a way where I thought, how how do you do that? How do you do, it was that thing. It was a, she clearly knew the scene inside and out from every direction. And yet I was standing in front of her and the camera's on her. And, um, you know, the wind picks up and she turns her face into the wind and like turns away from camera and lets the wind blow on her face while she's talking and then turns back to me. And I'm like, (laughs) You know, she's fucking up her take. Right. And then I'm like, wait a minute. That's not what's happening here. What's happening here is watching this woman who's just in the moment and so out of her head yeah. that she's just willing to go with, you know, if someone makes a sound off camera, she turns and stares at them while she's still talking to me. And I'm like, oh, man, she's just, she's just. In it. In it. Yeah. She doesn't, you know, there's this, I remember hearing this phrase once, I think it was Pacino on that movie where he's looking for Richard, where he says something like, you know, every takes a rehearsal. And I remember when I heard it, I thought, that's a great idea. Yeah. If you could work that way, every takes a rehearsal. But to actually work that way, it's really frightening. Sure. Like, you know, you're trying so hard to get it right. Right. So anyway, I don't, I'm babbling, but you no, know, along not. the way you saw that. So working on Deadwood, working with Milch, and then uh, and then working with the, the actors that were on that set that were just you know masters at their craft yeah it's a job that keeps on giving i get it i get it yeah because yeah because it's it you know if you you stay open it's always surprising yes because you know going forward now those are the people you want to be having a conversation with yeah so no matter who you're working with at the time you're like yeah but i'm having a conversation with these people i've met along the way right and 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 they've now given me permission to 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 do this yeah this way yeah and you're always sort of learning and expanding and and if you're working with great actors then all of a sudden you're like it's it's so wild they just up your game dude (laughs) i went to the season one i went to the deadwood premiere yeah and uh to the you know the rap party Uh and they showed the outtakes yeah and um you know we're all in this thing and we're all doing all this serious crazy shakespearean poetry shit and uh i realized um uh, I'm not. I'm not in a lot of these outtakes. I realize 
these other guys are having way more fun at work. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I I went to our rap party for the Deadwood movie a few months ago. And God damn, if I wasn't all through that fucking outtake gag reel. Oh, good. And I thought to myself, ah, I must be really good in this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Or at least you're having fun. I've clearly gotten so much better at my job. If this is any indication how much better of an actor I've become, this is a good sign. Um, Yeah, just having way more fun. Well, well, I think that that is a a lot of it is relaxing into it because I've like because, you know, I had to learn on the job for the most part by doing my little show on IFC. And I knew going in as a comic from watching other comics that you're going to be self-conscious. You're going to be stiff. You're not going to know how to really be on screen, but you're just going to have to take the hit and do it. Yes. And what's the what's the hardest transition? I have a theory about this. What is the hardest thing about stand up versus acting? Well, I mean. Meaning, where does one not help the other one? Um, or does it... Well, there's a couple things. Like, with stand-up, you're, you're in complete control of, of what you're doing. Like, you're deciding what you say. You're yeah, de- taking so, this way, taking yeah. that way. Yeah. Well, yeah, also, this is my material, and this is who I am. But what I noticed, not, not so much for myself, but I think it happens... I've, I realize it probably happens with actors all the time, is that stand-ups, without knowing it, are, are completely sort of in their head or self-conscious. And, you know, with, with and it's instinctual. It's not, you can't sit there while you're doing it and go like, I'm too much in my head. Because even when you're really doing a good job acting, you have those takes where you're like, I wasn't in that one. And that's the one the director goes, that was great. And you're that's like- That's the trick, isn't it? Yeah. See, this is, I'm aware of this. This is the biggest, to me, I'm always fascinated by watching standups who become actors. Because I think the hardest thing- is to get out of your head. Well, I'm, a lot of my stuff is generated from my head, but the one thing I've always done that is unlike a lot of other comics is that most of my generating, most of my writing happens live. So, like, I don't write jokes down. Right. I'm going to riff. Right. So my immediate uh, um, creative process is in conversation with the audience. It's yes. not like I'm going to try this Well, that's out. where it feels like it lends itself, right? Yes. Because if stand you can up- do that. Because any great stand-up is totally dialed into the audience and they're riding it like a wave and they're taking their cues from the audience. They know when to shift and when to, right? Because, right, you do. Because to not listen to the audience is going to be a total failure. They're yeah. your acting partner. Or, or Yeah, right. Or listen to other people. But a lot of yeah. guys don't do that. You know, like it, it is about being present and in, yeah. and then just being comfortable in your body. That's something you just got to, it's just going to take time. Oh, you, that's curious. I hadn't even thought about but that. Yep, yeah. Because like, I think my primary concern was like, when I first started doing my show, I was like, what do I do with my hands? You know, like, am, am I, should I, how do, how do hands work? You know, you know, as an actor, should I be thinking about my hands? Like, I never really thought about my hands, but now I'm thinking about my hands. Yeah. Well, see, so already that's death. Right. It is. But, but, but. Do you play, do you ever play that game where you just think about the, uh, whoever you're in the scene with? Uh, just, what are they doing with their hands? <laughs> well, what, well, sometimes with doing scenes, as I got better at it, you know, because by the last season of my show, I was like, all right, I'm comfortable on screen. I yeah. can. You, it's a. It's also a matter, and I know you do it too, guys. Watching <laughs> you, is that the thing about comedy is your timing based on laughs. Yeah. And in acting, you have to self-generate your timing, but there is a timing to there it. There is a tone. Yes. And and you've got to take that time. Well, yes. Yeah, Even that, if it's that not game where you're trying to pr- you're 
you know you're being funny, and but at the same time you have to pretend you're not being funny, right? You're right. There's to, that, but there's also sort of like letting moments, like in, when you're in a scene, yeah, sort of go like, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and walk away now, but I'm gonna take this much time to do it. <laughs> <laughs> you're, yeah, you're sort of ha- it, it becomes organic. Yes, it does. Right. But do you play? I, so here's the game. I feel like I've been playing the last um, more or less ten years. Yeah, it feels like. I feel like I don't. I don't know if I started playing it before. My uh, the, my favorite game to play is um, uh, to, is to the whole, the the goal of the game is to try to remember everything that everybody else did and not be aware of anything you did. Interesting. And that's a very that is my that is my feel like the pursuit of that has become. Um, how does that an obsession? How does that manifest itself? What do you mean everything they did in the scene or, or... exactly? So, like now, right? Yeah. You and I are having this conversation. Right. The idea that that I'm just that let's say we're gonna let's just talk for one more minute. Yeah. And in that minute, my whole goal uh, right. is to remember everything you did. So you're not thinking about you. No, no, listening. I'm seeing everything yeah. that's going on with you. Right. I see everything with you know, your, yeah. your eyebrows, you're getting excited, you're toning it down, sure, you're, sure. you're nodding your head a yeah. little bit, that moment where yeah. you nodded your yeah. head there. Right. Yeah. I remember, and then all of a sudden you did that thing. Yeah. I love that. You yeah. did that. That was great. So you do So that. when they call cut, I'm like, I remember everything marked it. Yeah. I'm like, so that was a good take. Right. We can move on. Because you were you were not self I don't remember anything I did. Yeah. I just remember everything Mark did, and I loved all of it. Yeah. That's nice. That's, so a, good, that's a good exercise. The same game, uh, if the camera's on me, I, I try to put it on you. Okay. This is your take. It's not my take. Right. I'm just dialed into you. Yeah. I'm like, wow, how's he doing? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've had moments where I'm watching, when I'm acting with somebody that's great, you know, like Brie or like Betty Gilpin or somebody, and I'm just like, oh my God, she's really doing it. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Yeah, yeah. That's what you want to be. It is. That's the game. I, sometimes I feel like I'm not in it if I'm doing that. I mean, I'm listening, but like, and sometimes like I get so moved by someone else's performance and I know that it's not, I, I shouldn't be like tearing up or anything. No. But like- uh, Isn't that the best? Yeah. But don't you, don't you, isn't that the most fun about, um, it's the saddest thing about off-camera work, I find, uh, you know, is that, I, I hate to admit it, but when the camera's on the other person, I'm yeah. like, wow, look at them, look at them do their they're, thing. They're really doing it. And I'm it. like, yeah. fuck, yeah. this is what I should be doing. This is where you want to be. Where am I, why am I not here? Yeah. That's it. Yeah. To me, that's like heaven. That's just where you want to live. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I have had to learn how to have fun or I acknowledge that, you know, because when you're shooting a TV show, you're so much coverage and there's so many takes that like it's hard to, to at some point not go like, oh God. Of course not. Yeah. No, I mean, no, that's, that's, well, no, I'm, listen, it's all in my book on acting. Don't be afraid to bitch. And <laughs> other tips for young actors. What the fuck? How, How many, many ways are you going to cover this fucking thing? Yeah. Let me tell you something, asshole. The gun can only go off once. <laughs> So you can cover it from over there, you can cover it from over there, you can get a nice shot from down here, be underneath the horse's dick, yeah, up yeah. to the gun, yeah. but you're going to have to pick one. <laughs> so why not just commit now and we can all go home early? It took me a long time to realize that. <laughs> oh my God. That, that, like, that really- it's so like, hard not to be a- That you're shooting around all this stuff, but in, in the story, like you only use one. You can only use, use one. <laughs> you know why they're doing that? This is the downside of television. What? Well, directors show up without a point of view. Mm. They're just here to service the writer, and so they're just going to cover their ass. Right. They're going to cover it. They'll figure it out in post. 
Right. This is the this is the this That's is the difference the, between film and TV. Not a lot of film anymore, but certain filmmakers yeah. just no, this shot is for that moment. You got to have the coverage. This yeah, I mean or choices. Sounds pretentious, but uh, you know, having just done the worked with Quentin Tarantino for a few weeks, yeah. you know, like this shot is for this moment. This is the shot, and this is the reason why we're doing this shot because this is the story we're telling. Yeah, we're not covering it from every fucking. We're not covering it from down the hall and down yeah. the block, and we're not. There's no three cameras. It's just one camera, and this is the shot. Yeah, because this is the story, and he's the storyteller, and he's telling it through images. When you get on a television set, you know, God bless them, but they're just going to cover their ass. We're going to start off wide. We're going to push in. The upside in television is you've given writing, the writer all the power, which is. Which you know, God bless them. They, you know, they don't. They famously have constantly been. You know, first thing you do is fire the writer. Yeah. You know I mean, spend more money on hair to fix the film than you will on getting a good writer. But so the upside is you gave the storyteller and the writer some power. The downside I felt like a lot oftentimes is you get a director who is going through the motions yeah. as opposed to owning it. Right. Because it's not their thing. Right. And so. They're 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 going to show off some some skill and some flash, but they're not going to um, they're not going to commit the way they to might, a point of view to a point of view unless it's theirs, which is rare, and because it doesn't feel like theirs, and they don't want to rock the boat so unless they, they were have, the first ones. They want to be asked back. They want to be easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, hey, we're here. But I find that some directors do have some way because I've used like when we were shooting my little show, you know, like Bobcat would come in, Goldthwait. Yeah. And, you know, my sensibility is close to his, but he definitely, definitely could feel a tone. I think that, like, someone like Lynn, because she makes so many movies, she's good with actors and she's capable of yes. finding that tone. But then there, are, then there are the cats that are just sort of like, just shoot it out. You know, it's just. Well, gonna... yeah, I'm not saying they're not. They're very good. Yeah. I mean, it's a wonderful. One of my favorite things about television is, is having all these different voices and different right. people come in and, and the opportunity to to have a dialogue with them and uh it's an endless education yeah and and seeing strengths and weaknesses what i thought sometimes can be frustrating is let's say i, I i'm struggling with a scene and and me, maybe the writer and i both are we're working on it right. it's something's not working i hate not being able to go i hate going to the director of that particular episode and saying, let me ask you a question. What do you think of that sequence there? And they're like, yeah, it's fine. And you and know it's like, not. I'm like, no, it's not fine. It doesn't yeah. fucking work. Yeah. And they're like, well, you know, and I'm like, yeah, but what do you think? And they're right. like, you know, my job is not really, you know, my job is to shoot the scene that they wrote. Yeah. And I'm like, well, then go fuck yourself. Yeah. You just leave. Yeah. Give me the cameras, put them over here, put them over there. Where do you want to put them? You want them over there? You can go home now. <laughs> you know what I mean, right? Sure, they just want to get through the day. Yeah, they're like, yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. want to cause a bunch of problems and they'll never have Dude, me back. Well, there's a season two. Yeah, <laughs> right, right, exactly. They want to be like, hey, that guy was great. He was nice. And this episode turned out fine. So when you shot the uh, the Deadwood movie, was it equal as rewarding? Was Milch, you know, dir uh, who directed it? Uh, lovely guy, Dan Minahan. Um, nice to get back into the character. And you know, I, I didn't think it was going to be, but I... Um, I did like it. I really had a great time. I, That's good. I, I enjoyed it. It was a very rewarding experience, and um, it was a funny, uh, weird, weird task. I'm excited about it. And well, also, like nice. the other thing I noticed, what I was going to say at the beginning about Justified that that I realized was like, like 
yeah, I'm watching them and I'm like, uh, I'm into it. But I realized like it's really a classic, you know, cop show. Like from the like from the seventies or eighties, like you know you had it was like yeah. it reminded me of Did McLeod. Watch, the first season especially, yeah, started out that way. It got less so as it went. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It gets a little more like yeah, uh, it gets more serialized. Story. Yeah, yeah. 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 In the beginning, it was sort of a like almost like like a, a lot of things. You're, we're we're figuring uh, figuring it out as we went. Yeah, but like it just felt we're like wrestling. that. Like this is that guy kind of. He's not a fish out of water, but he's a fish back home. He doesn't want to be back home. Yeah. And you know, and you kind of move through that world. Yep. It was like uh, like Beretta or any of those shows. Yeah, it was like a uh, uh, Rockford Files. Right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. 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 And it, it's it's sort of cool. Yeah. No. I. Because I, it I worked. Right, people dug the show. Yeah, well, and, and I think they especially dug the show. It got as it, deeper, yeah, as it went. Yeah, at the with Weird Walton. With Weird Walton, he's as, great, huh? Uh, what a good actor! I, I'm a big fan of his, and I because he's like that thing he did in Vice Principals. I don't even know what that was, but it was something fucking, it was something else, man. <laughs> he commits. Yeah, <laughs> that's what you got to do. You got to commit. <laughs> Good talking to you, man. Hey, thank you. I, I uh, likewise, and yeah. I, I appreciate the invitation. I'm glad we did it. You got to go all the way back to the West Side now. This is the perfect time of day to do something to, on this. You're side. trying to end it on a sour note. No, so now you got to get back and drive home. It, I, was you want, in, I was. You're just going to stay here. Uh, yeah. How about I put it this way? Um, so you got to you got to just keep living here. I am. Okay. I'm going to keep I'm gonna drive. Here. <laughs> I'm going to drive but out of here. <laughs> what my point was is like, because, you know, like, because I live on the east side, like, I thought to myself, like, he picked the right time to come. You oh. know, like, because, like, when, you, when you've got to travel from where you are or where I am, yeah. if you've got, like, a 10 a.m. or a 4 to 5 a.m. meeting or something, it's yeah, like, no, fuck. No, no, no. And I'm not doing it. No, don't do it. I'm not going over there. I'm not going to be the last meeting of the day coming to fucking from the east side. It's not, I don't need the part. I <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. See, you figured it out. I figured out show you business. You clearly figured it out. Look at this. <laughs> I'm in my house. I can't get over that this is show business. Yeah, I know. It was funny at the beginning when we started doing this like 10 years ago or whatever, when I was at the old house, people mm-hmm. would come like, where the fuck am I? Like, because I was in Highland Park and these like big stars would come and they're like, what is this? I'm like, this is the future, dude. This is where it's at. It's a good time Who to be alive. Certainly not me. You know, it was the one part. It changed my life, and it was the one time in my life I somehow just happened into some good cosmic timing. Yeah. And, you know, I I had a skill set that applied, but, like, somehow I made it. You know, it was just one of those things you have no control over. You know, I had no anticipation or expectation. I, and I, know, I get it. No, it's the best. Well, the, oftentimes those are the best things. And I just, it still kills me that we're the only two people in this building. <laughs> We are, as I hope. <laughs> well, Let's go downstairs. That's true. We should go down. Thanks, man. All right, man. Pleasure. Thank you. Okay, that was me and Timothy Oliphant back home in my house. I'm still in Madison. I hope this sounded okay. Okay, no music. I'm not home. Boomer lives. Boomer lives.